everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fancy basketball tools and analysis on the internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, the one and only Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Mike, I got a question for you today. You always have a question for me. Okay, let me let me. This better this better not be about sandwiches. As long as it's not about sandwiches. I asked you a lot of questions about sandwiches in your life. Yeah, I feel like half the questions you've ever asked me on this show are about food related objects. I just really like food, Mike. What can I say? No, this is about basketball. This is a basketball related question. If you could be any player. That is not a not a full time starter, right? So you can be like any sixth man and or bench player in the NBA. If you could just switch lives with that person, who would you pick? Yeah, that's a uh, that's active. That's actively playing. Yes, 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 sir. Tough. Hmm. Not Markel Fultz. He's got the yips. No, no. Who's cool? Who's everybody's like? Oh, that guy's cool. Thad Young's cool. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'd, I'd beat that young. That young seems like a sweet young. guy. That's that young school. Lou Williams is like cool. Oh dude, uh, I'd be Lou Williams in a second. I mean, that's not that's not kid ourselves. Seem like a Lou Williams type of type of dude. I don't know. That's a, that's a really good question. I'd like to be someone who's like plays at least twelve to fifteen minutes, but like. It, everybody wants to hang out with that dude, and he's got like the coolest parties. Like he's going all the, he's throwing the parties. He knows everybody in all the towns. Jalen Rose, Boban. whoever Jalen, the whoever today's Jalen Rose is, I'd be Boban, dude, no doubt. Boban seems like the greatest guy big. in the world. Nice, nah, too I big. Thought, he's too big, dude. That's what I want to be. I want to be a giant. I just want to be a huge. Everybody loves me. I just walk around smiling and high fiving everyone. I feel like that's. I feel like that's I dream life being Boban. Yeah, you got if you gotta get an Uber, you can't fit. I don't Uber, dude. I got millions. What do I need to Uber for? I just, I'll just hire some guy to pick me up, man. I don't need to Uber. Adds up, Tyler. Adds up real quick. Boban's gonna be out but, of money with all wait, the uh, private cars he's taking. If you're like seven foot four, I mean, I just feel like, I feel like you could just hitchhike and someone would pick you up. No, no one's gonna try to murder the seven foot four guy. Come on. Wait, I'm not picking up that dude. That's <laughs> I, I mean, if I knew it was Boban, I'd definitely pick him up. But I'd be I'd be scared of a giant. It's just a giant standing out in the middle of a field <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. I'm not picking up a giant. That's like that's like a fairy tale like murder. Like, you know, like it's, 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 no, I'm out. That's like a weird X Files episode. Let's get into it. We got our uh, week. I thought you were gonna say you'd be Mario Hazonia. I don't know why. You just have a weird fascination with oh. Mario. Hizonia. That's a good one. I, you could party in Eastern Europe, and Eastern Europe's like the best. So yeah, Hazonia is a pretty good one. Let's get into it, Tyler. We got a bunch of buy lows. We got some sell highs. It is week three. Uh, we're trying to avoid the buy lows and the sell highs that we did last week. Uh, obviously, Brandon Ingram is still playing well. He's still a sell high in our opinion. And you know, Mike Connolly's still struggling with the shot. Vujovic is still struggling. Bledsoe's still coming back from injury. Those guys are still by lows. Like, they're, they're still out there. So we're going to try to avoid the ones we've already 
done. We're going to get you a new crop of buy low, sell high guys that are out there right now. Let's start with the buy lows, Tyler. And I'm going to start with somebody who's basically got drafted in this. If you were in a good league, probably got drafted in the second round. This guy's been in the top 10 before. Like This guy's actually a fantastic fantasy basketball player. And uh, he's just he's just kind of playing like crap. Uh, Rudy Gobert. He just doesn't have it right now. And I, I, I kind of wonder if it has anything to do with um, Mike Connolly's slow start as well. They're just not vibing together. They're not, they're not playing well with each other. Um, if I go out to hashtag basketball.com and look up where Rudy Gobert is per game, he is 102, which is absurdly low. Tyler, what what's going what's wrong with Rudy Gobert? His, even his blocks are kind of, you know. Good positives here, right? 33 minutes, 33.7 minutes, which would be the second most he's ever played in his career. That stuck for the whole season. So you like that, right? And he's still getting you the 12 rebounds. The offensive rebounds are down quite a bit, but the defensive rebounds up a little bit. You mentioned it. Where he's really struggling is he's not hitting his shots at quite a high, as high a level. He's not taking quite as many field goals, and he's just not getting the two blocks that you know he needs to to be the the fantasy stud. He is getting you a steal a game, which is nice. So blocks are finicky. Uh, I think we saw Zach Collins last year, right? Like, wasn't it through like the first twenty games he was averaging like a block and a half, and then like by the end of the year he barely averaged over a block because he didn't really block that many shots um, the rest of the way. I feel like a lot of guys, you know, they kind of get blocks in clusters or they're kind of just matchup dependent, right? Like some teams attack the rim a lot more than others. For example, if you play the Rockets, you're probably not going to get that many blocks because the only guy attacking the rim is James Harden. He's so good at drawing fouls that, and obviously they have Russell Westbrook now who's attacking the basket too. But, you know, those two guys are so good at drawing fouls that you just don't get that many blocks against them. So some of it's matchup dependent too. I just think, you know, seven games, let's not write Rudy off. I feel like all the goodness is going to come back. He might score a little less this year. He might be back down to like that kind of 12, 13 range just because, you know, they added Mike Conley. Um, they added Bogdanovich. They've got a little bit more scoring. So that's something to watch. But I feel like the two to two and a half blocks are pretty safe. Going to get you close to a steal. Going to get you a ton of rebounds. Going to be really good. So if he can buy him now for any kind of discount, I definitely do that. I'm thinking of somebody in that, uh, Maybe into the tiers, into that plateau section, uh, you know, 40, 50 range that you consider a 40, 50 ranked player in your book. Easily move him for Rudy Gobert. I think I haven't watched too much Utah, but I haven't seen any like drastic scheme changes. Obviously, the coach is the same. Uh, The only thing I can think of is that, you know, just like they're trying to get Mike Connolly going and, you know, the usage is a little down, but it's not. I mean, it's not down by that much. You know, Rudy Gobert was never a heavy usage guy. He was just an incredibly efficient guy who gets really good blocks. Uh, if you have Rudy Gobert, all you can do is hold. But I think he's a, he's a great buy-low candidate because I just don't see how he finishes really outside of the top, like, 30. Like, I just don't see how that's possible. I'm um, with you there. It'd be, it'd be difficult. The only way, I guess, would be he gets hurt, right? So I guess there is a way I can see, but... Sure. Um, no one roots for that. Minus the season-ending injury, I guess, which hopefully happens to literally nobody. Tyler, this next guy, 
on our list right here is Jaron Jackson. I think you were in love with the big men this week. You were in, you're in love with buying a big man. I guess because we've seen some big men get suspended, some big men go down. You're just you're just really into buying a big man this week. There's a lot of like listen, they're starting to dry up. We got two top tier big men kind of disappearing. Rudy Gobert, another top tier big man, not playing well. Jaron Jackson Jr. like getting into foul foul trouble, which is something Tyler you were on earlier in the season's previews. You were like. Be careful about Jaron Jackson Jr. He's got to stay on the damn court. And uh, guess what? Tyler, Jaron Jackson Jr. is currently averaging 23.5 minutes a game. And he's fouled out once. He's gotten five fouls twice. He's gotten four fouls in another game. And against the Bulls, he only had three. If he could just play the Bulls a little bit more often, Mike. Can we, can we get a couple more Bulls matchups for Jaron Jackson Jr.? Is that allowed? That's what everybody's been saying. Why can't we just play the Bulls 80 games? He's also got a little bit of a knee injury now, right, too? So he missed the last game that they played against the Rockets with a knee injury, which isn't great. So, yeah, I think we can chalk a lot of this up to he, he's missed a few that he probably should have made, including he's taking more three-pointers this year, and he's not been hitting them. So that's a trend to to kind of watch going forward is does he start hitting them and keep taking a bunch, or does he the fact that he's not making them cause him to take less Something, something just to monitor. Um, other than that, really, what's killing him is he's playing 25 minutes because he can't stop fouling. So, I, I mean, there's nothing to worry about here. But I, I guess I'm interested to see where you're buying him at because, you know, I think that there was some preseason extra hype that I, I mean, I wasn't super wanting to buy him in the second or third round, which he was going in some leagues. We were avoiding him pretty heavily. I don't think I have Jaron Jackson Jr. hardly on any of my teams. Just simply, he, he was going too high in in most drafts. Yeah, I, I can't say that I really want to give up anybody in those tiered levels for him. I think the only way I'd give up somebody like at a Tobias Harris range would be if I really, really needed blocks. And I thought you know, Triple J would be a good addition. Like I have a bunch of wings already. Maybe I went to the waiver wire and I got PJ Washington on my team and OG and Anobi on my team like we've been recommending. And now I, I kind of look at my wings and I go, well, I got a lot of really good wings. Do I really need a Tobias Harris? Do I really do I really need some of these guys? And Tobias Harris is pretty good. So I, I might actually be too good of a player to trade for Triple J. Maybe get a couple things back on him. But yeah, I would... um I wouldn't trade much uh, anything of good value for Triple J. You guard yeah. heavy, okay? Got got some good got some good assists. Kind of kind of needy in some blocks. You got Mike Conley. You guys off to a slow start. You gonna trade Conley for Jaron Jackson Jr.? No, I don't think so. I don't think I'm gonna trade uh, Conley for Jaron Jackson. What about Eric Bledsoe? Okay, yeah, that's. I think that's a little more like it. Yeah, so I like, can see. That's, that's, I can do that kind of where where i'm at too like i don't want to give away a, a third or fourth round player really but like if it's somebody around that 50 mark you know bledsoe or a couple other guys you know like demar Derozan types like i could see making that move if you needed the the different stats right you needed the blocks but i wouldn't super buy for anybody like in the top 20 or 30 like i just think that's a mistake you know i don't i don't see him producing that value because he just can't stop fouling and you know, I, I don't see this issue getting corrected 
in a timely fashion, let's put it that way. Yeah, I don't know how uh, how chronic this fouling is going to be because it, it does look pretty pretty standard for him. And uh, that's not just going to disappear overnight. That's going to take a half a season probably to, to bake into his head. And also, we were just ta- we were talking about this before the show. Um, it really re- hold on. It, re- it really really depends on what kind of league you're in, right? Because Triple J has got a lot of good name value with people who are really into young guys and people who are really into prospects and pay a lot of attention. But also, like if you're in a league with some casuals or people who just kind of like sort of follow the NBA, they've never even heard of Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, maybe you can get him for a lot cheaper than you can with some of these leagues where he might have gone in the second or third round. Sure, that's right, and everything's about value, right? So, like, some people, you know, whether they auto-picked or they just picked off, you know, Yahoo's rankings or they, you know, just picked off Mike's rankings. They looked at Mike's tiers, and they were like, ooh, there's J- this Jaron Jackson Jr. guy's available. Mike likes him. They might not be valuing that in that high, so that's, you know, that's definitely worth mentioning. The other worry for me about Jaron Jackson Jr. is something you mentioned. Okay, I'm going to trade for him four blocks. Well, to keep him on the court for 30-plus minutes, he's going to have to uh, try to stop blocking every shot. You try to stop blocking every shot, you don't block as many shots, right? Like a lot, like just like anything, you know, some percentage of it is about, you know, success over a rate, right? So you, you know, drop the attempts and the the makes go down, right? The the successes go down. So I'm a little bit worried about the blocks if he's going to stop fouling. So something to watch out for. That's a very, very good point. All right. We have a Steven Adams on the list. Another big. You're right. I was really on the bigs this week. Uh, Steven Adams is on the list. Obviously, he was hurt. He's going to come back from the injury. I actually see – I've seen Steven Adams – end up on the waiver wire in a couple standard leagues that I'm at. And uh, he that didn't last very long because I, I pretty much picked him up in those leagues. He's going to be just fine. He's Steven Adams. And here's, here's the thing we're seeing too. The, the Russell Westbrook leaving is allowing Adams to get a few more rebounds, which is something we talked about a lot this preseason. He's missing his shots right now. You know, He's missing at the rim, which I don't expect. I do expect him to get a few more minutes as he ramps back up from this injury to continue to be elite in rebounds with probably somewhere in that 11 to 13 range and get you about a block a game and probably 1.2 steals at least. So that sounds like a pretty good player to me. That sounds like somebody I want. Obviously no threes. Obviously the free throws are going to be challenging, so you got to know what you're buying. But, yeah, Steven Adams is going to be really good, and I don't understand why people are jumping ship after – he's only played five times, and I get that some of those games have not been great, but don't panic. Yeah, this is a small sample size theater if I've ever seen one. His shot's not going in around the rim. Like, that's definitely not going to keep up. Like, this not going to – it's not going to stay. And he's one of those guys now who gets you double-digit rebounds. So there's not a whole ton of ton of those guys out in the league. And to be able to pick up a double-digit rebounder off the waiver wire or for you know trade for you know basically nothing like some of your bench players for Stephen Adams, why wouldn't you do that? Here's the the other kind of funny thing you know about about Adams's game so far. So he's played five times. 
He's matched up against Utah, Washington, Golden State, Houston, and Orlando. So he's matched up against, you know, a lot of the better centers. He matched up against Capella. He matched up against Rudy Gobert. He matched up against Thomas Bryant. I'm pretty sure Draymond was playing when he matched up against Golden State. He's matched up against Vucevic. Like, he's matched up against a lot of top centers. There's going to be plenty of nights where he matches up with somebody he can totally eat alive down low. So wait till he starts playing the East Coast teams. Wait till he starts playing the Bulls. Uh, he's going to have 25 rebounds against the Bulls, I assume. Right. So that's something to watch too. Is like you know the the schedule for him, you know, in particular gets a lot easier. You know, he's he's not going to match up against Gobert and Draymond Green and, and those guys every single night. Clint Capella. So something to watch. Not at all. Uh, the last guy on our buy low list here is not Otto Porter. We put a big caveat there is that Otto Porter left with a foot contusion in the game tonight against the Bulls, or with the Bulls anyway, against the Atlanta Hawks. But that's not why I'm saying do not buy low on Otto Porter. Even though Otto Porter, you know, I like Otto Porter. He's a great roto player. I, I always thought, you know, He's going to be like a top 40 player, but something is up with him. There's a lot of weird not playing back-to-backs, like he's Kawhi Leonard, uh, limited minutes, and now there's some foot problems, uh, there's a hip problem. Like something's going on with this dude, and he is – I mean, I I don't even know if I can find him. I'm going to have to – where is Otto Porter in this ranking? 176 on hashtags, ranking playing 26 minutes – a game shooting under 40%, which is not like him. He's a good percentage guy. He's a good across-the-board type of guy. I don't – unless you're getting Otto Porter for, like, the end of your bench, I don't think I want to give up anything at all for Otto Porter. There's too many question marks. To me, and I'm not a doctor, but to me he just looks hurt. From the games I've seen, right, like he's just not – moving this the way we're used to auto porter moving so yeah i'm scared and then you mentioned he left he left early so i mean maybe that's the maybe that's the same injury that's been bothering him there's not then they've you know the weird part and maybe this was the tip-off was what was it like a week before the season or or so when when boylan came out and was like well we're gonna limit his minutes to around 30 this year like wait why why, why are you limiting Otto Porter's minutes in what should be the middle of his prime? Yeah, is he 35 all of a sudden? Uh, does he – is he coming – I mean, I guess he had an injury last year, but, like, that should have cleared up. But now he's 26 years old, for God's sakes. That's the, yeah, so that was a tip-off to me maybe that there was something wrong. And I think we're seeing that manifest itself a little bit. So I am I'm concerned about that. And yeah, I mean, like, if he gets dropped, I'm gonna pick him up and hold him on my bench for sure. Depending on what this, you know, this latest injury, what yeah. what happens with it. But if I have to pay anything of consequence, yeah, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that either. Let's go to the uh, much more, but uh, much less depressing side of the podcast when we sell high and get a hot hot deal on some of the uh, overperforming players out there. And Tyler, you could not say Kevin Love's name quicker when I asked you who you would sell high on this week. Kevin Love 
having a monster start. Uh, why, are, why are you selling so high on Kevin Love? Well, first off, I'm pretty sure even the casualest of casual fans knows who Kevin Love is, right? So, so that's a nice, that's a that's a nice a nice thing to have. So, Kevin Love is playing ridiculously well. He's shooting 49.4 percent through seven games. He is a 44 career percent shooter. So, from the field, and he's getting you 14.4 rebounds a game. He is playmaking a little bit. He's also averaging over a steal, which he's never done for his in, in any season in his entire career, including a year in Minnesota when he played 39 minutes a game. There's a stat, right? There's a fun stat. The more, the more, or maybe the most worrying thing, too, is the last three years Kevin Love has played 60, he's played 59, and he's played 22 games. So not only is he playing out of his mind right now, but for the last few years, he has not played that much. So by hashtag basketball's per game rankings, Mr. Kevin Love is the 16th ranked player right now. If I can sell him for any player in the top 35, I'd love, 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 love to sell Mr. Kevin Love because I just don't see him sticking around there. And I don't know that he can stay healthy. And just a lot of these numbers look super unsustainable. Yeah, definitely the steal number is unsustainable. Here, here, here's what I'm going to – I'm just going to throw a little bit of a, 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 a wrench at you. He's averaged – well, he's at 19 points. He's averaged 19 points, well over 19 points before. He's averaged two and a half three-pointers before. He's averaged 14 rebounds before. He's averaged four assists before. He's averaged 0. 0.8, 0. 0.9 steals, so it might just come down a little bit. And he's averaged half a block a game. Now, the, the field goal percentage, you know, he's never averaged 49%. That's absurd. Isn't this what Kevin Love by himself should be able to produce? Yeah, certainly. Certainly is. But I'm not going to bank on him producing it for even 75 games. Been 40 games here, even 30 games. And I think that's exactly the point I was trying to make, Tyler, is that this is a uh, a sell-high situation because it's not like you're getting 40-point games from Brandon Ingram. Yes, we everybody kind of knows that Brandon Ingram is overperforming. So you're really not going to get a great value when you sell high on Brandon Ingram. You might if you got some Lakers fans on your team or who knows, whatever, who still have a thing for Brandon Ingram, even though he left their, their, their squad, this is a, hey, Kevin Love is as good as I thought he was going to be. This is great. That's the kind of sell. He's playing literally at his peak, like 19 and 14 with four assists. Like It can't really get much better than this for Kevin Love. He could sustain this for the next – month even perhaps i doubt it but uh, it, it can happen but for a whole season absolutely not and could he even stay healthy for the whole season i don't know and is he going to be on the Cavs the whole season i don't know and that's a lot of i don't knows and so selling him at his peak is exactly what you want to do even though that peak is realistic it's actually a better move because some people will think they are getting that player the 19 and 14 player instead of you know trying to trick someone with brandon ingram which is not going to happen I mean, it's just an easier sell for you, too, because you're like, hey, man, Kevin Love has done this before. He literally has done all of this before. 
So it is possible that he could sustain it for the entire season. And, you know, you can basically sell it on the fact that he's ranked 16th right now. You know what I mean? I'm asking for a player you picked in the third round, in the fourth round. You know, whoever that player may be, you might need a guard. You know, you might need Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I'm, I'm going to give you Kevin Love for Shea Gilgis-Alexander. In the casual league, a lot of people would do that trade. I'd do that instantly. I'd actually ask for some more. I'd actually ask for a little bit more. You know what I mean? And so that's a deal I think you're going to win in, in the long run. And so there's a lot of other guys too. You know, depends on what you need and all that stuff. We're not going to get into like every specific scenario. But yeah, I'm selling Kevin Love. Would, it sounds like the perfect thing to do to me. I think he's uh, old Caleb. Um, he's getting old. He's he's getting a little old there, Tyler. Uh, speaking of old, I don't know about that. Uh, speaking of old, old dudes, Al Horford had some really just excellent games with, uh, I, I mean, like, I'm actually really, really surprised by these these lines that he put up 25, 5, and 7, 32, 5, and 4 uh, with steals and blocks. Taking 20, 24 shots. When was the last time? I mean, like, damn. Damn, Al Horford. When was the last time you'd taken this many shots like his career high is like 15.8 shots a game back in Atlanta this is like vintage ass Al Horford and there's no Embiid was out there's nowhere to go from here but down now is he still gonna be super valuable with a you know one and a half one and one yeah definitely is he gonna get rebounds and good assists yeah definitely like he's doing a lot of really good things right now and he actually could be shooting a, a little bit better because he's asked to take on more uh, of the workload right now. But these these last two games, last two three games he's had have been absolutely monsters. And you know, I I heard some Sixers people, including Elton Brand, talk about you know one of the reasons they wanted to get him was you know for the games Joel Embiid missed. I think you saw like Al Horford's still really really good even at thirty three, and. Yeah, I mean, he's, what, the 29th-ranked player in hashtag basketball's rankings for the season right now. I would not expect that to continue. But this one's a difficult one for me because a lot of people are down on Al Horford because he's old and he doesn't score a ton and he's this and he's that. Like, I think sometimes Al Horford gets so underrated that now maybe you're trading him for maybe what his value actually is, which is probably someone who's in that 40 to 50 range for the season. Yeah, I think what you're what you're looking for here is just someone who's a bit better than Al Horford. I don't think you're going to get like I don't think you're going to get Rudy Gobert. I just don't. I don't think you're going to get Rudy Gobert. Would you rather have Al Horford or Jared Jackson Jr.? That now that depends on on what I need, right? I guess a little bit. Oh, man, would I rather have Al Horford or Jared Jackson Jr.? Bit of a toss-up. Yeah, I mean, if if you need some safety, I don't. You need some assists for my big guy. I think you definitely want Horford. If you want the upside, which you know the upside of Jaron Jackson Jr. is undeniable. Like he could be awesome. But and a little 20, more standard big men stats, you know. But in twenty-five minutes, like or thirty minutes of Al Horford, or twenty-five of Jaron Jackson Jr. That's the, the the you know what I have to decide from all season. I I might rather have Horford. 
See, I think that's where the, the kind of like the level is. So, you know, if you're going to sell high on Al Horford, make sure you get something pretty for him. If not, don't, you know, don't, don't sell the farm. I think this is a good opportunity when somebody uh, has like monster games to see, see what you can see, what the market, how the market is feeling on Al Horford, see what, uh, what people are saying no to. And then you'll kind of know what you could do with Al Horford in the future. Um, I, I think it's a kind of a, a good way to get a feeler out there, but Al Horford having monster games, um, Gordon Hayward also having a monster game. Another another good uh, potential. Hey, let's see what I can go get for Gordon Hayward. Uh, Tyler, why do you like uh, Hayward so much as a sell high? See, this is an interesting one for me, and this was more of a, a talking point than than maybe a sell high. Is you know what is Gordon Hayward? I think both. I think you and I both expected Gordon Hayward to to bounce back a little bit. I don't think we expected him to bounce all the way back to his Utah days where he was a top, what, 30 player, 35 player. Like he was, you know, kind of a, a second, third round value, especially in that last year in Utah. And then obviously his career in Boston got off to that ridiculously bad start with the compound fracture of his leg in the first game. And, you know, last year we can throw kind of all that out, right? Like you get a, such a devastating injury. It takes a long time to come back from. So now, right, he's shooting 56.5% in the field. I think we can agree that's probably not going to stick, right? He's shooting 50% from three on 3.7 attempts per game. I would literally lead the league this season. I don't think that's going to happen. He's averaging 7.5 rebounds a game, which we've never seen him do. But the steals and block numbers that we have seen him produce aren't there yet. So, you know, Gordon Hayward's 29 now. Thoughts on on what Gordon Hayward is going to be this year? Because I'm still kind of on the fence, right? Like he is, what, the 30th ranked player for the season. I don't think he's going to be that good. I just don't. I don't either. And I think he's going to score a lot more. I think he's got his shot back. He's not afraid of contact right now. You know, he's getting to the line. He's only getting to the line. I saw him get to the line quite a bit in one of these uh, earlier games here. He got In the first game of the season, he got to the line 11 times since then. He hasn't gotten to the line more than four times in a couple zero, couple zero free throw games. That sounds a lot more like the Gordon Hayward that I remember. Uh, for some reason, going to the line a ton in that Philly game for the first night. I want to see him get to. The, I want to see him get to the line more because, like, that's where he was making his uh, his paper in Utah, getting to the line yeah, six you get- times a game. So I mean, you get five free points. I mean, for three seasons in a row, he basically got five free points at the line which helps boost your average from something like 15, 16 a game up to 20, right? Is getting to the foul line. So, so um, take that. If you drop that point number down, you drop that three number down, you drop that rebound number down, maybe you give him a little bit more steals and drop his percentages, his, his field goal percentage down. I mean, are you even talking about a top 50 player? That's it. I think, I think he's definitely on that fringes of the top 50. And so now it becomes what? What can I sell him for, right? Like, obviously, you know, maybe you need something, you don't need something else, you know, but, you know, would you rather have Gordon Hayward or Chris Paul, who's ranked 60th in hashtag basketball's rankings in the first seven games? I don't know. Chris Paul's been a little weird, but he's not, probably... he's not assisting again. We, I think you and I both expected him to boost that assist number up with, you know, him moving to OKC and being more of a lead ball handler, and he's averaging less than five a game, which is surprising. How about this one? Gordon Hayward, or you can have DeMar DeRozan? Man, if I 
If I don't need the threes, I think I have to go DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, me too. I think I'm with you there. Um, Jamal great. Murray or Gordon Hayward? <laughs> Man, that's a tough one too. Oh, I might go Jamal. I actually might go Jamal Murray there, but I think that's actually, I don't know. I think, I think I, those guys, Hayward, Hayward could be a little bit better. I mean, I think those guys are all kind of on the fringes of the top 50 right now. Like, oh, those are all the guys we're talking about. You know, they're, you know, somewhere between 40 and 60. So I think that's where Hayward resides. And I think he was going, you know, significantly under that in drafts. And maybe you just want the safety of someone you feel a little bit better about, right? Like, I think I know what Jamal Murray is pretty much going to give me. Whereas Gordon Hayward, like, you know, is he going to start getting fouled more? Is he going to maybe even take a few more shots in this Boston offense because he's hitting them so well right now? And what 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 he's going to be, I think, is still a little bit questionable. I think he's definitely back, though. He's definitely a fantasy factor, and he's going to be a top, you know, 60-65 player at minimum, I think. Yeah, I I agree. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be good again. Like he's gonna be around that fifty spot. Um, I just what he's doing right now is is overblown for sure. Uh, so see what you can get for him. See if you can just upgrade upgrade your spots, upgrade your stats. Look at your the categories that you're bad in. See if you can get an, a little bit of an upgrade there. Maybe get some more points on your team. Um, let's go to the last guy on the sell high list, Tyler. I don't know if I agree with you, but this is your pick, Tyler. This guy just had an old school Karolinko line. 13 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals, 6 blocks. Talk about Johnny Isaac. Jonathan Isaac is, especially after this game, I'm pretty sure he's going to be like a top 15 player right now. If I go out to um, if I go out to hashtag basketball, which I'm not sure if they got tonight's games in there already, he's currently 32nd. So, yeah, I think he's going to be top 15 after they calculate the uh, tonight's games into – the mix. Um, this is a guy who was a breakout player. The counting stats are out of control right now. They played he, eight times, correct? That's that's what I'm games. looking at here. So correct. he's played eight. He's played eight games. Okay. So he played. Let's see how many games last year, Michael? Let me look at this real quick. He played. 75. Okay, do you want to guess how many times he got three or more blocks in 75 games last year? Four times. 14, which is pretty good, right? Oh, that's very good. He's gotten three or more blocks five times in eight games so far. He's also playing a lot more. He's 22 years old, and he's, you know... He didn't really see a consistent amount of playing time. He's seeing more playing time this year. So, just throwing it out there. Uh, now that I'm gonna say that's all a, a fairly big stretch, considering once he got to about January, he saw a pretty consistent 28 to 30 minutes every single game last year, except for the last two or three games down the stretch, which for some reason he only played 25 um, or less, which. I don't know why that was. So, anyways, he got three or more steals exactly four times. He has done that already twice. I mean, I just think that the obviously the steal and block numbers are a little bit inflated. And, yeah, could he get you one and, like, one and a half or one and, you know, maybe a little bit more than one and a half, like 1. 1.6, 1. 1.7? That's possible. Let's just say, like, 
what's what's this guy's probable average this year? The blocks are going to come down a little bit from three, obviously. So let's just say it's uh, 1.8, 1.7. One and a half steals. Oh, now, now he's playing three more minutes a game. He averaged 1.3 last year. Right. I don't think you get 0.3 in three minutes. I don't think he gets a tenth a minute. Uh, I think he's better. I think he is better than he was last year, and he's playing more consistent minutes than he was last year. He's playing, you know, uh, he's just playing better. I think he's, he's taking a little bit of a step here. His assists are non-existent, so that's always an issue. Rebounds seem pretty normal. Threes could even go up, but seem pretty the normal. The per 36 rebounding rate is up half a rebound last year. Which just seems like a lot. Yeah. So it's let's say I this is I wouldn't if, be surprised. if this is who he is minus the blocks. This is still like a top. He's definitely a top fifty player, top forty, top thirty when you when you calculate all the counting stats because those counting stats give you a big boost. Yeah, but what my my issue is, you know, if you're up half a half a block per thirty six, that means the the or I'm not sorry, half a rebound per thirty six. That rebound number now goes to like six point three, six point two, six point yeah, somewhere between six point two and six point four. So like six point three game, which is fine, right? The assists are one point three, like that's not good. Get you a steal, because those are gonna probably go back down a little bit. So he gets you like a steal, maybe like one point one steals, and now like one and one and a half to one point six blocks. And ten points, like he he's fine, but you're mentioning it, like maybe he's in the top fifty, but but maybe not, because he's he's actively hurting you in a in a few categories here, Mike. Like I think you're you're overselling the fact that he's okay and you know he's he's good in steals and he's good in blocks, but he's where else is he good? He's got two categories that he's good at. He's kind of he's kind of taking Rudy somehow. He I think he stole Monstar stole Rudy Gobert's blocks here. Um, they're definitely going to come down. But like this is the kind of across the board type player Jonathan Isaac can be. His field goal percentage isn't going to be good. His points are going to be low, and his assists are, are are far too low. So you know I, I his turnovers are good if you care about shit like that. A lot of people don't. Right now he's playing out of his mind. I think like if you're this goes back to talking about what type of league are you in? Are you in a league with a bunch of casuals who don't even know Orlando has a team? Or are you in a league with a bunch of people who are really into prospects, who are really into sleepers, high names, paying a lot of attention, and they got um, you know, they got a really big stock or or just are really, really into the prospect of Jonathan Isaac being a two-two and, and two player, which I would not. That's not going to happen. Like I'm not that high on on Jonathan Isaac. I think he's. I'm a little higher on Jonathan Isaac than you are, Tyler. But like, if you got a somebody in your league that's like this guy's a top fifteen player for the rest of the season, well, go get yourself a top twenty player from him. I'd take anybody inside the top fifty. Inside anybody, I think is inside my top fifty for Jonathan Isaac. I don't think Jonathan Isaac finishes in the top fifty. I just don't. And here's the other thing too, and this is maybe sometimes where people forget is if I'm saying he averages one and a half blocks for the season, and he's averaging did you did you mention the number? It's right around three, right through seven, th- three through eight games. So 
Obviously, if he averages one and a half for the season, he's averaging less than one and a half for the games I get because he's averaging three per game through the first eight. So, you know, you kind of look at it that way too, maybe is like, you know, you're, if you're trading him away, you're, you know, you're, you've already banked his good stats. His three per game. That. I don't know about that because it's, it's a small sample size theater. So if he, you know, he's, he's, I mean, you're not terribly wrong about that due to math, right? Like, but it's only been about eight games. You banked how many blocks? I mean, he blocked what six tonight, and you banked twenty-four blocks. You know what I mean? So if it's Roto, obviously, like you've banked twenty-four blocks. Like that's how that works. I'm just saying, if you're if you're trading for him, or if you're holding him on your team, and I'm telling you, he averages one and a half blocks at the end of the season. He could average more than that. I understand that fact. For getting less than one and a half blocks per game over the next however many are left, you know, eight eighty-two minus eight. Yeah. Do you understand I mean, what I'm saying? We, like, could, we, so, could, we could do the math, but it's probably going to be a lot closer to be like 1.3 or 1.4 over the next, what, you know, 70-some games. So that, that average goes back down to a reasonable amount. I like holding him here, and this is why. Unless you're in a league that's, like, desperately interested in Jonathan Isaac, then go get your top 20 player for him, right? Top 25 player. Like, go, go, go get him. But if you're in a roto league and you got Jonathan Isaac, build up them blocks. Just build them up because here in you know a month, month and a half, you're going to be way ahead in blocks. And then you can start doing some math, just like Tyler's doing, and say, all right, let's see if he's going to average this amount, I think, and I got this many, and I already got this many blocks per game, and I'm already up on a bunch of games a little bit, and I got all these blocks. I'm way ahead of everybody else. I don't really need Jonathan Isaac. So go. you could trade him to somebody who has no blocks or very few blocks or someone who could overtake a lot of other players that are near you because they would go up in blocks and just give them – you can still probably get a twenty top 25 player over Jonathan Isaac, top 30 player. Uh, definitely a top – you're going to get a top 50 player. Jonathan Isaac's going to finish in the top 50, I'm pretty sure. But you trade him away, and then you've made your team better. You've made another team better, but you're also – making your this is why roto is better than head-to-head everybody it's because there's a game within the game and there's a lot of extra strategy and so i think jonathan isaac would be someone good to just build up them blocks why he's why he's hot worried like long term maybe this is a, a different question right are you worried that he's he's a draymond type that he his points are so low that he works his way out to being like a third or fourth round value, but he basically forces you to punt that category. Potentially. That that offensive game needs some work. I, I, that's a nice way of saying it, I think. Like it's he's hitting 35% of his three pointer so far. I wouldn't expect that to continue. And that the offensive game ain't there. And I so that's a, that's another worry for me is like he may be the guy that if if you're telling me he finishes in the top fifty he might have the lowest points per game of anyone inside the top fifty. Other than well would have been Draymond I think Draymond's you know that whole Golden State team's done for the year. And even, yeah, even if Draymond I, comes back and plays and finishes in the top fifty like he's probably going to average by default because they need someone to score more than the eleven points or so Jonathan Isaac's going to get you. Depends on what you need. You know, it depends on what's going on with your team. I think if you are 
making do with points, you can still have this guy on your team and then, you know, trade him later for someone who gets points. If you're worried about, you know, some of those top tier teams that you might play in the playoffs, uh, they maybe they got a ton of points. You, you move this guy for some points uh, because you could still win in steals and blocks and, and the things that he's good at. So um, this is like a, I think you had to think about a little bit more strategic than just a straight up, Hey, go get somebody better in my opinion, because I do think the value is unique here. Therefore, I want to make sure I'm getting something pretty great in return. We can definitely agree the value is unique here, right? Because, like, you know, he's one of those – He's and we talk about these players a lot, I think. You know, he's a guy who really helps you in two or three or four categories, and he's a guy who actively hurts you in two or three or four categories. All right, like the assists are hurting you. The points are hurting you. The field goal percentage is hurting you. I get there's not a lot of volume there, but it's still like 42% yeah. is not helping your yeah, team. Yeah, that's okay. So, so, so you know what I mean? Like, he he's one of those type of guys that you know that the pluses are great, but there's also some minuses that you've got to weigh out when you're looking, you know, as your team as a whole. You got to sure. really think about your build. You got to think of other teams' builds when you're looking to trade this guy. To me, this isn't a obvious like, oh, Kevin Love's playing great. Send him, send him out. Like, go, go get something better or something. Something better than Kevin Love or something is equal to Kevin Love. But this to me, this is like a know your teams, know your build, know your current your personal build before you start thinking about training somebody who I think is a top 50 player. And you're, you're either going to get a bunch of people who've never heard of them or, or a bunch of people who are really, really into them. And then if that's the case, go go trade them. I, I think go trade them. Um, I, Tyler, I think that is it for buy low, sell high tonight. Tyler, do you have anything uh, anything else to add or anything to plug? Uh, no, man. My my weekly column will be coming out for hashtag basketball. I'm excited about that. Obviously, we got some big news coming from from the hashtag basketball, which is exciting, right? So yeah, no, nothing really. It's just gonna be gonna be a fun season. Gonna be a fun next couple weeks. Gonna be a fun uh, everything. I'm excited. It's been a really good year so far. Like I can't believe it's only week three because it feels like the NBA has been around for a lot longer than that. Like I've already watched a ton of NBA. Uh, maybe more so than usual uh, by this time of the year. I don't know. I just I'm just really enjoying even like some of these casual random games. Usually I'll turn, you know, Detroit Charlotte off every uh, 99 times out of 100. But this year, you know, some of those bad teams are actually kind of fun to kind of fun to watch. We also, like uh, Tyler mentioned, we will have uh, official announcements for the changing of our uh, podcast feed. You, listener, don't have to do anything, but we are joining. Actually, a group of other podcasts are joining us here at HashtagBasketball.com in order to bring a more variety uh, view of fantasy basketball as a whole. There's a lot of different ways to play fantasy basketball, and a lot of people really into Dynasty. We don't talk a lot about Dynasty here. Uh, We do dabble, obviously, uh, but we really do try to hit the the main roto head-to-head types of leagues, standard leagues. Those big leagues, those dynasty leagues, uh, we're going to have a podcast for that. We're also going to have a podcast for uh, for trends and uh, different things going on on hashtagbestball.com. Uh, more to come on that very, very soon. If you like this show, the Watching the Boxes Fancy Basketball Podcast, please rate and review us or go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Subscribe there. You can find me on Twitter at watch the boxes. You can find Tyler at Tyler P. Watts, and we'll be back very soon. Preview the coming week. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.